Welcome to Soar with Jesus. As you listen to this word today, believe that it will elevate and equip your spirit. Do consider sharing this podcast with your friends and family. Come, let us take part in the word together. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Soar with Jesus. We are so thankful to the Lord for His grace and mercy. I am so very excited for today's podcast and it's my great joy and honor to have a wonderful guest in our midst. I have known this man of God for over five years and he's a voice in the end times. Today we have Apostle Priji Verges, who is the Vice President of Revive Nations Ministries, a great man of God. Please allow me to share a little bit more about him. He is a spiritual son of my spiritual father, Prophet Chaiju Matthew, a man of integrity, honesty, a man who loves the Lord, a great husband and a father of three. I know Apostle Priji as a church planter and a voice that is blessing nations. Today, it's our great joy and honor to have him on this podcast. And I believe that the Lord is going to use him mightily for us and we will be elevated by this conversation. So please help me welcoming Apostle Priji. Thank you so much, man of God. Thank you so much. I, I am uh, very honored and this is my privilege to be here on So With Jesus. I've been blessed by this podcast. I have added it to my Spotify playlist and I constantly keep listening to the word that comes uh, I am when especially when I need some encouragement and when I need a push in my spirit uh, I go to this particular podcast and I know that I can hear the voice of my father even in this podcast and uh, that is why I enjoy uh, tuning into this podcast and I'm so thankful to the Lord for you and for Pastor Mukta and for the entire Jesus Central team not just in Delhi and Noida but around the world wherever the Lord has been using uh, your church, wherever the Lord has been using you to plant and pioneer ministries. I'm so proud of what God is doing. I'm so excited. I want to congratulate all of you and communicate my heartfelt love and wishes for all of you. Wow, wow. I'm so humbled to hear that. Uh, we are so blessed to have you, um, Apostle. And uh, you've been a great inspiration. And, um, you know, I would like to tell our listeners that you're the one who has inspired me to to do the <laughs> podcast ministry so you know the bible says give honor where honor is due so i really want to make it um, like a public announcement to respect you you've been a great elder brother you've been a great example of how to serve the lord you know i've closely noticed how humbly you walk with your spiritual sons and how you know sacrificially you serve the vision of uh, revive nations so and we salute you for that man of god we want to make the best use of this opportunity of having you on this um, episode and i really want to look into uh, your heart you've been an apostle and you've planted churches all over the world in africa india so so today um Please allow me to ask you a few questions 
about the church culture because we think becoming part of a church is just growing in the word or you know singing some songs and just being a member of a church and but there is a healthy culture that a church can create and mm. you know today we want to learn from you the importance of the church cultures and to mm. begin with you know i, I want to touch my favorite topic and that is spiritual sonship because yeah. that's yeah. that's a very significant part of the church culture and we have learned that enemy has attacked that revelation and he has tried his level best to you know eliminate this culture from the churches because right. there is power in sonship and i have closely noticed how you walk with our father in the lord and you know you've been a son of honor and you've been a beloved and a faithful son so mm. i want to know from you the importance of spiritual sonship mm. in a church culture wow that's such a powerful question and like you rightly pointed out pastor it is the single greatest element that will determine if your church culture is going to be god glorifying or is it going to be representing the culture of organizations and corporate uh, you know structures that we tend to imitate and follow and i think wow. that so many of our churches have become organizations so many mm. of our churches have become this corporate organizations that they teach in mba classes and mm. they teach in political classes and you know the the way that the world functions is how we function even in the church mm. you know if you go back to the 3rd century when the roman catholic church got prominence in the world you know until then church was functioning underground but it was in the 3rd century that the roman government adopted christianity as its formal religion wow. and since then what happened is church became part of government and government became part of church which Chai. means everything that they did in the government they would run the church with the same manner the power the fame the money everything entered into the church and the thing is we have been reformed there have been revolutions in the church where somebody like a martin luther came he uh, you know broke away from that roman catholic way of doing church but the thing is we are in 2023 <laughs> and now the world is functioning in a very democratic manner a very exactly. e- egalitarian manner where everybody is equal everybody is same and the funny thing is the church has adopted that now like we thought that because we broke away from the roman catholic church now we are safe now we are doing the exact same thing that they did in the 3rd century when they adopted the roman customs and brought it into the church and the and and they mixed politics they mixed the culture of the land wow. with the culture of the church and they they lost how the church is supposed to function and today we are in the danger of doing the same when we don't understand the original nature of how church is supposed to function this church that we are talking about everybody is not equal everybody is not the same everybody wow. is not used to the same there are certain vessels that are kept for special honor and special purposes there are certain vessels that the lord would use 
and he would elevate and he would uh, keep them on a pedestal there are certain people that god would use as foundations of this church you know wow. jesus spoke to peter and said upon this rock you're not peter anymore you you're a rock you're cephas you, and upon this church upon this rock upon this stone i am going to build my church i am going to settle everything of what church is supposed to look like upon you dear peter and then paul would write in the book of ephesians that the foundation of the church he is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles like i'm i'm thinking why would paul say something so blasphemous i can understand if you would say uh, i the foundation of the church is the word of god yeah. the foundation of the church yeah. is uh, what jesus did on the cross you know these are spiritual answers yeah. right these true, are true. answers that you know we would all like to fancy and be excited to hear but then paul would say this in ephesians chapter 2 saying the foundation of the church is the apostles and the prophets wow it is that's the deep. apostles and the prophets that set the tone for how the church is supposed to function which means we need to understand our relationship with these apostles or these prophets that god has appointed over our lives wow if we don't understand our relationship with them if we don't understand how to honor them if we don't understand how to submit to them then we are missing out on everything that this church is supposed to help us with that this church is supposed to do in our lives and that is where it is important for us to understand the concept of sonship you know wow. because everything wow. in this church it functions by replicating according to its own kind in yeah. the beginning when god created adam and eve they replicated according to their own kind when god created the garden of eden and the plants and the trees and the creatures the bees the uh, fishes everything all of them they replicated they reproduced according to their own kind each tree wow. according to its its own seed according to its own kind it reproduced itself and that's exactly how the new testament church functions and that's why you would see jesus tell the disciples as the father has sent me now i send you out and the disciples would later write saying just like i imitate christ now you imitate me it's almost a very replicating system uh, you're not expected to just you know have a very superficial model of okay we follow god no we have been given literal leaders and pastors and prophets and teachers that we can submit ourselves to who will become not just a leader that we will um admire but he will become a father that we will be born out of a father right. that we will just model our lives after that is why the concept of a father and a son because a, a pastor can only give you counsel a prophet hey. can give you a very prophetic advice and a prophetic counsel but a father he can really give birth to you he can mm. give birth to your spirit he can propel your destiny he he yes. can speak a word he can bless you and he can replicate himself in you 
that is why apostle paul even though he was away from the church at corinth he writes to the church and says guys i may not be the current pastor of the church i may not be the one who is preaching in your church every sunday but please don't forget the fact that i am still your father and the amazing thing is most of the guys in the corinth church didn't even know apostle paul like paul would write to them and say i didn't even baptize any of you you know he doesn't it's not like he they he, they had a very close friendship they're chatting on whatsapp regularly nothing like that but he's saying this is a spiritual relationship i may not even be there in person but you you guys are my sons and daughters each of you i've fathered you in the spirit i'm far away from you but i'm still a father to you in the spirit and that is why i'm commanding you to imitate me as i imitate christ you know the the corinthian church had completely messed up their theology was messed up their uh, leadership styles got messed up the way that they were arguing with each other there was a lot of infighting within the church and that's where apostle paul comes in to set the culture correct and he says guys this is not how the church is supposed to function you should remember yes we all follow jesus yes jesus is the one that we are all uh, ultimately going to become like but i'm the one who's assigned to be your father you may have 10000 counselors teachers preachers ministers different people who will be used by god to help you provide for you but remember that i am your father remember that you're born of me remember that you represent me wherever you go whatever you do you, you have to pay attention to what i originally intended and designed this church to be like you know and then the next verse i think in first corinthians chapter 4 he he writes to them and he says uh i that's why i'm sending to you uh, my son timothy so yeah, that he can teach yeah. you my ways my ways <laughs> he doesn't say so that he can teach you uh, jesus <laughs> ways or apostle peter's ways or you know bartholomew's ways he says i i'm sending you my beloved son timothy so he can sit, he can teach you my ways in the lord wow so This that's so the profound. model of the first century church pastor why are we so shy about it why are we so uh, you know diplomatic in saying that ah oh, no <laughs> we don't want to use titles here we don't want to uh, highlight anybody or we don't want to give too much honor to anybody Apostle Paul, as anointed as he was, as humble as he was, he was very outright, forthright in saying that, you know, this is who I am. You know, I claim to be your father and I demand the honor of a father. I demand the authority that a father can have over his children and that's how I'm going to discipline you. That's how I'm going to set things into place in this house. And, uh, and, and i think that a lot of um, you know like lack of alignment with jesus that we experience in the body of christ is because we don't have that original design and if we can go back to that original design if we can go back to that original church culture that we needed to have that we should have had in the first place then we will do well then we wow. will excel we will really replicate the model of heaven here on earth as it is in heaven so let it be here in our churches how it works in heaven is the, there is a father 
who has a son the son he is watching the father he does everything that the father does he speaks everything the father speaks he's imitating the father that's how it is in heaven so let it be in our churches so Amen. let it be in our homes so let it be in our lives in our culture in our relationships let us imitate the culture of heaven wow thank you apostle for helping us in a deep way and i believe it's it's helping our listeners you know when you were sharing i was thinking about you mentioning two seasons of the church you know one in the 3rd century and one recently and in both the seasons church has copied from the world or the government they were part of uh is it because church never understood its identity and that church is yeah. not called to copy but church is called to become the role model and the actual example to the yeah. world and also when we look around in in this age in this generation people are fighting spiritual sonship and uh, you know spiritual fatherhood um, is it because of some kind of pride that they don't want to submit and they call it wrong because uh, it's hard for people to live in accountability what are your thoughts on that apostle you know pastor i i think that it's both it's definitely the lack of identity and it is pride in fact if i can add to it i can say that pride is a result of us not knowing our identity you know pride is a result of us not knowing who we are you know if you look at the guy who didn't leave the father you know in the story of the prodigal son the guy who didn't leave the father who was too proud to embrace his brother at the end who was unwilling to come and rejoice with the father you would look at him and say man this guy has so much pride that he can't even rejoice in the joy of his father he can't even celebrate the fact that his dead brother has come back to life his lost brother has been found why can't he rejoice you know you may think mm-hmm. that it's a pride problem but actually it was a wow. identity problem it was the fact that he still saw himself as a servant yeah. not as a son he still saw himself as somebody who needed a reward somebody who needed a blessing somebody who needed a provision or some kind of a mm-hmm. validation so that he can continue on as a good servant in the house the reason he had so much pride was because his identity was in the wrong place if was, if 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 he was a son he would be so happy yes. that his father is happy he would be so excited that his father is excited he he would just go and embrace anybody and everybody that is father in other words embraces. replicate his fathers he would because the father was rejoicing absolutely through, absolutely but he did opposite and that proved that he is not a son yeah he is not a son it, 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 it the truth is pastor that he was a son you know the father yeah, also saw him as a son see himself. he was a wow. son but he didn't know he he didn't believe in the sonship he didn't believe wow. in his relationship with his father he just saw it as a employer to employee relationship he didn't see it as a son in fact in that particular story i feel the prodigal guy had yes. more revelation about sonship so than this guy so had. True. you know 
he misused it but he had a better revelation of sonship and and i think that one of the reasons there is so much of pride that manifests in the church one of the reasons we find it so hard to submit one of the reasons we find it so hard to be accountable is because our identity is so messed up our identity is in the most useless things you know it's in how how i am validated you know how i am appreciated how i am treated and that's all servant mentality you know one reason why we don't want to go and expose our failures our weaknesses to our spiritual father is because we are wondering what will happen yeah. if he would judge me what would happen if he would correct me what would happen if he would just you know discipline me wait a minute he's supposed to do Come that on. that is his calling we are still looking at him as a yeah. boss or or a employer that we are working for no he's supposed to discipline you he's supposed to help you he's supposed to work on your character work on you so that he can make wow. you more like himself so if we would see ourselves as sons we would embrace correction we would embrace help we would embrace change we would embrace uh this willingness and we would be available we would be open to our spiritual leaders to be taught and corrected in every season of our lives and i think that it is because the church has misunderstood mm. its identity every time we just register an organization with a particular name and then we have to do taxes like an, any other organization and we have to uh, have a committee members like other organizations we just think that oh this is also an organization whereas it is not this is not an organization Amen. this is a body and it is the body of christ this is a this is the bride of christ that we are talking about this is a, a living organism it is not an organization it's an organism wow. you know something that is going to have life within it which means like if this is my right hand if this right hand hurts if there is if there is bleeding in my right hand if there is a cut in my right hand the crazy thing is that my entire body goes into a action mode to sort out this one tiny drop of blood that is oozing out of my right hand like it doesn't say oh it's the right hand's problem it will sort itself out the heart goes into extra pumping mode the lungs breathe better the 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 other hand tries to fix this up the blood vessels everything goes into an overdrive mode to try and fix one tiny leak of blood in the right hand and this is not even going to kill me and yet the entire body begins to you know work a little extra hard to compensate for a little drop of blood there is being spilled that's how god has created us and we still want to live isolated and on our own and independent yeah not knowing that if we are yeah cut off from the body there will be no life you know and it's this what you're sh- sharing is sounding so similar to the current situation of the church you know especially that elder brother example mm-hmm. that you gave so many are in the house but they are not connected they're living their own kind of a yeah. you know christian life and this is this is so precious yeah. apostle thank you his expectation in fact with the father was you know the father never allowed him to party with his friends 
you know that the father never allowed him to enjoy his life whereas the greatest joy of a child or a son is not with his friends outside it is inside the house it is the celebration that happens inside the house that brings you the most amount of satisfaction you know if you, if you're a member of any of our churches and if you're a son or a daughter of any of our churches and and you understand the culture of revived nations you understand the the way that we function you would know that we we celebrate what god does in our churches we celebrate everything that god does in our churches and our ultimate joy and satisfaction is in the house of god i am glad when somebody tells me let's tune in let's go to the word of god let's yes. go into the house of god let's connect let's receive help that is my source of joy my source of joy is not out in the world you know my source of joy is not the fact that i got something so that i can go out and celebrate with my friends the prodigal son and the other brother the elder brother both of them wanted to use the resources that they get in the church hey. outside the church they took they benefited from these resources they wanted to benefit from it but they wanted to actually enjoy it wow. outside the church that is that is how we mess up church culture church culture is not supposed to be doing that church culture is supposed to be bringing resources yeah. from outside into the church and we rejoice here in the presence of god we celebrate here this is our place of joy this is our place of life this is where we truly enjoy our life we we still have relationships outside but not so that we can find contentment there our contentment is still here our identity is still here our significance our joy our solutions our happiness our belonging everything is in the church yeah. in the body of christ where i am a son where i am submitted where i am uh, corrected where i can be vulnerable where i can be myself this is this is where i am celebrated and this is where i celebrate you know as you're sharing i i feel in my spirit that it is really helping somebody because we've been hearing this term called an orphan spirit and so many times people mm. would come to a church come to a living church a stream yet have an orphan spirit and a mindset of a servant i would really request mm. you to help somebody who's listening to us uh and and if you can help them to to let go of this orphan spirit like what can someone do to identify mm. that they are actually dealing with an orphan spirit in their life because identifying that is very important so how can one identify and how can one deal with it and come out of it i i think that you're very right pastor when you say that one of the reasons why so many people they don't experience their fullness their full potential is because they are attacked by this orphan spirit and they they are they are victims of an orphan spirit and the fact of the matter is that there are people who have rejected you there are people who have hurt you there are people who have betrayed you there are people who have like brutally trespassed into your life 
you know molested you or abused you physically whatever has happened to you in the past there are people who have done that to each and every one of us and every time there is rejection into our hearts into our souls into our spirits immediately it is like a magnet for an orphaned spirit to come and just latch on to that rejection and as soon as we leave that rejection unresolved we will now begin to manifest that orphaned spirit we will now begin to manifest that spirit of jealousy that spirit of hatred that's you know a lot of things that we see on the outside is very superficial it's actually what yeah. we see above the surface but the deeper issue is that there is an orphaned spirit because of which you are be- becoming jealous there is an orphaned spirit because of which you are not being kind in your words there is an orphaned spirit because of which you are not like submitting there is an orphaned spirit because of which you are walking in all these kinds of sin there is an orphaned spirit which is stopping you from uh, embracing and loving and serving the way that god wants you to there is an orphaned spirit underneath so how we identify that there is an orphaned spirit is to study the pattern of our behavior and to find those locations where these behaviors originate from if it is from rejection if if you study a pattern you know of your behavior the way you talk to your spouse maybe or the way you talk to your employers or your pastors or your colleagues at work it could be the way you spend money or the way you don't spend money and mm-hmm. you keep saving everything if you if you just study the pattern if you can just locate the root cause of it to when somebody betrayed you or somebody rejected you or somebody you really looked up to just got disconnected from mm-hmm. you or abandoned you then you're manifesting wow. the orphan spirit and that's where you have to just come and pour everything at the feet of Jesus and say yeah. no no more yeah. i'm i'm not an orphan this is not my identity i know who i am i know where i belong jesus he was very uh, intentional in teaching his people about this orphan spirit he's like don't you think don't you know not even don't you think don't you know you have a father in heaven who thinks wow. about these things that that you have somebody who is who's constantly planning and preparing meals for you who's preparing food for you who's preparing provisions for you don't you think that you have a father in heaven who is planning to clothe you well who is planning to give you the best why are you worried like the unbelievers <laughs> you know why are we living like people that don't have a relationship with god you know if 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 the characteristics that we are manifesting if it is the same as an unbeliever then we are manifesting the orphan spirit and jesus said don't you know you have a father in heaven don't you know that you have a father mm-hmm. who cares for you who provides for you who who feeds you who 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 is there to meet mm-hmm. every need of yours and the spiritual fathers that we are assigned or that we are blessed with or that we are provided with here on earth 
they are there to represent our father in heaven they are there to show us a glimpse wow. of our father in heaven they are there to reveal to us wow. our father in heaven like for for the disciples it was jesus in flesh jesus said if you have seen me you have actually seen the father you know and that's exactly what the disciples said afterwards to their followers they said you follow me you actually followed jesus you know it is not blasphemous to tell your people that if you've encountered your spiritual father you're actually encountering wow. your heavenly father so in in understanding your relationship with your spiritual father your you know earthly leaders you are actually growing in revelation and understanding how your spiritual father how how your heavenly father cares for you how he provides for you how he he is the ultimate help and solution and you know pastor i have to accept this that you know not there is no one step solution for orphan spirit you know you don't just resolve it by just praying one prayer there are like multiple layers there are times when i've been worried about a certain provision coming in and then i realized wait a minute that's an orphan spirit there you know and there are times when i'm i'm just provoked to say certain things and go fight for myself and then suddenly god would remind me that's an orphan spirit because you have a father who can fight for you who can speak for you why are you trying to speak for yourself why are you trying to vindicate and you know prove yourself correct why are you trying to defend yourself yeah, that that's that's how orphans need to do because they don't have anybody to fight for them you you're not an orphan fending for yourself you have a father who is covering you you know he goes before you he's there behind you he's he's all around you and every time i have to catch myself with you know my <laughs> old man attitude and just say ha ah, this is this is coming from a uh, orphan place and this this can be this can attract the orphan spirit if it is left unguarded and we have to keep correcting ourselves course correcting ourselves and saying wow. no no i am a son wow and i have a father and i am submitted i am under covering i am blessed i have a mm. father who is thinking of me i have a father who is providing for me there is no way that my situations can have wow. the better of me my heavenly father my spiritual father my fathers that are blessed that are given to me i i know that he's fighting for me and i will come out of this wow this is so enriching uh, apostle i i'm personally blessed you know and i'm sure everyone who is listening to us uh, something is happening to them some deposits are coming you know you were talking about um, environment of the church we know it's very important we've been talking about it i just want to ask you how we can replicate the environment of a healthy church in our houses because we don't want people to experience mm. a good environment or host the presence of god in yeah. the church or during the church services but uh, is there a key for our people to replicate that environment in their homes and also a key to host the presence of god in their homes Wow that that's a very powerful question. 
i think that uh, that is how god has intended it to be the church is a family and so is your home represents a family it and everything that we do in church has to eventually overflow into our smaller churches a smaller unit a smaller family you know your your physical family or your physical home it has to be a smaller church you know it has to be a smaller replica of the bigger church you know that's how it is supposed to be and in in the old testament when god brought these israelites into the nation of canaan you know when god gave them their promised land they were supposed to live by their respective tribes you know all these tribes they were all assigned different portions of land different uh properties and they were all scattered across the entire nation but everywhere they went they were expected to recreate a certain lifestyle they were supposed to be the cities of refuge in every place every tribe needed to have it there were certain things that they did back there in the wilderness the way that they hosted the presence of god the way they Uh, worship the presence of god the way they built altars this was supposed to be present in each and every tribe and the thing is some of the tribes they messed it up by bringing idols mm-hmm. into those into their homes some of the tribes they messed it up by uh, doing things that were not assigned to them mm-hmm. they were not allowed by god and and whenever they messed up their cultures wherever they messed up imitating the model that god had shown them in the corporate body of christ those tribes eventually got eased out they they got almost removed mm. from the family of israel you know and that is why it is so important for us to just imitate the the culture of uh, the body of christ and bring it into our homes if you read the book of revelation passage it's, it's very critical that we understand this there is a uh count given of the 1 lakh you know 44000 uh people and there is 12000 from each tribe there is just one tribe that is missing there mm-hmm. and that is the tribe of dan and if you go back into the old testament and if you study what the tribe of dan did in the book of judges how they started worshiping idols you may think that it was a temporary thing but it worked in their life in their lineage for generations to the extent that in the last day when god is counting for 12000 people from each tribe god is saying okay i can't even include them in this group this tribe is out isn't that sad isn't that so heartbreaking that that this tribe they also encountered god at the mount sinai they also experienced the grace of being under prophet moses they also experienced everything that the whole nation of israel experienced but because they gave into so much of the systems of the world you know these guys also came to jerusalem to worship every year but they went effective to take this back into their homes they went able to replicate this back into their homes and eventually lost their place in the body of christ I pray that now nobody that is listening to this podcast will have that destiny that we will 
be spiritually intelligent to replicate the culture of the house to replicate the environment that we see in the church in our respective homes that's why when you go to church you cannot just be so spiritual and keep your eyes closed and just be ignorant of what is happening there you have to be a diligent student of how the church functions you have to be a diligent student of how they worship you have to study how they build altars you have to study how the word is taught you have to study the order and the and the hierarchy the honor the words that are used everything study the culture of your church and then when you get back home you replicate it in your home you say this is a smaller bethel to that big bethel you know this is a, a smaller ark of covenant you know to that big ark that we go to dance before this is a smaller jerusalem a smaller model of that of the glorious model that we have you know if you read the book of hebrews you would see this pattern again and again you know the author says the the tabernacle that we see here on earth was actually a model of the tabernacle in heaven which means whatever was made here was a small a tiny replica of a a glorious heavenly model which was more filled with more gold more glory and all of that but here for one family for the family of Jacob God said okay why don't you see what I am doing and replicate this and make this in your home in your family and they had a tabernacle set up in their own family and I think that that's what we ought to do too we have to see the model and we have to replicate in our home host the presence of God in the same way which means you have to be very careful of what you speak and what you don't speak you have to be very careful of how you entertain certain things and how you don't entertain certain things in your home you know there was this season that we experienced very recently after our daughter was born that there is one particular corner in our home where we could just see that our daughter is responding to somebody over there you know and every time it doesn't matter how uh, cranky she was how hungry she was how upset she was she would always respond to this one person standing in a particular location in that room and <laughs> that put the fear of god I'm in all of us i'm feeling goosebumps you know, i'm like, having goosebumps right i I, <laughs> i can't <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I, i can't talk to mm-hmm. my wife like that anymore because there is a presence in my room there is a person in my room who wow. is watching everything it just became so real no i mean we know that yeah, god is everywhere the tangible but presence just the just the the tangible presence as soon as one person began to acknowledge it wow. all of us became sensitive to it you know like this girl she would just laugh giggle she wouldn't laugh at us she wouldn't even acknowledge us but she would look at her empty like there's nothing in that corner there's like absolutely she would just look into that corner and start laughing giggling talking like have full fledged conversations this one baby ah, responding to the presence on. of god in a room made all of us you know so super sensitive to that so if you are saying you know my dad doesn't understand it or my wife doesn't understand it my children they don't it doesn't matter can you sense it can you do it can you begin to respond to it come on my four month old daughter not even four month old when she started doing it she was just a month or month and a half she was able to make all of us like more wow. sensitive to the presence of god 
in our home just because she she didn't yeah. care what anybody else said she just began to <laughs> laugh and just talk and she was just her natural self why why can't we be like little children and why can't we begin to respond to the presence of god and let everybody else follow suit you know let them see your example let them see how you are enjoying the presence of god and let them mm-hmm. imitate you and let them join along eventually so if you are like waiting for the day when everybody in your house has the same revelation mm. the same understanding wow. so that you can have a family prayer so that you can wow. host the presence of god i'm telling you <laughs> you're waiting for eternity you know that may not necessarily happen immediately but do you have a revelation do you have wow. an understanding can you start doing something different can you start you know just pushing the boundaries and can you start pushing the limitations and can you start praying can you This start worshiping so can you start singing can you start reading the bible in public can you start speaking in tongues in public you know just just do things that you will actually it will actually look like you are ashamed of uh, you know but you shouldn't be ashamed of you know just just become very expressive and just begin to uh do things that that tell the lord that you you really mean it when you say that i love you with all my heart and i'm not going to be ashamed to admit that just do that in your home and you will see that uh, you know everybody else in your home will begin to imitate that same culture wow this was so deep and so profound apostle uh, i felt such presence of god when you were sharing and i believe this revelation of replicating uh, the model of the house of god and bringing it to our homes is a revelation in itself and i'm sure it's going to unlock many destinies it's going to solve so many things you know things that prayers and fasting sometime couldn't achieve i believe practicing this revelation of replicating the uh, the environment of the house of god in our homes will surely do it going forward apostle please allow me to ask you you know we talk about destinies and we talk about people coming to the house of god and we talk about somebody joining our church our ministry or becoming part of our stream and then we often say that some ministries have the grace of unlocking many destinies and 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 preparing people for greatness so i want to ask you this question what can be that one key or one thing that a that a person can do to make sure that their breakthroughs and blessings are accelerated when they become part of a a ministry or a stream that actually is blessed of the lord to unlock destinies cause just becoming part of a ministry or becoming part of a stream it's not enough it's not the entire process there has to be a partnership for one person to receive the inheritance or a blessing there has to be something that needs to be done by that person as well so what can be that one key that one can follow or practice to to get the best or the most out of of a ministry Wow, wow, that's a loaded question, Pastor, because um sometimes we think that if only I can just go and you know, just attend one service, my life will be changed and then I can go back and 
do whatever i wanted to and just live however i wanted to live and just be normal and we think that that's that's just going to sort out my life but the truth of if you really want your destiny to be changed if you want your destiny to be fixed if you want your yeah. calling to be really aligned to the heart of god to the calling of your yeah. leader it takes more than just attending one service it it involves sacrifice it involves crazy amount of sacrifice you know this afternoon i was in a mentorship call with a sister and she said you know pastor i would like to do the same way that you know you are with pastor shaiju i'd also like to serve him and i'd also <laughs> like to you know be by his side and all of that and i said you have no idea what all i had to sacrifice to to reach here <laughs> you know everybody thinks that it's just uh, uh, it's just something that you know i got overnight or somebody just chose oh he's a nice guy so let me promote him you have no idea about the sacrifices that i have made to reach where i have reached i'm not claiming to own this place that mm-hmm. that i deserve it or i i have mm-hmm. that it is because of my good works that i am where i am no definitely not but there were so many things that i've had to sacrifice so many wow. deaths that i have had to die wow. to be wow. where i am today to be serving my father the way yeah. i'm able to serve yeah. and i think that that's the biblical model too if you look at how elijah when he threw the mantle on elisha the first thing that elisha did is to take up the 12 bullocks wow. and he killed each of them sacrificed them on the altar gave a huge party to the entire uh, village this was the this was his livelihood pastor this was his whole life savings this is what he did for a business for a living he yeah. he finished the whole thing right then and there and then he followed elijah he was saying it doesn't matter what happens next doesn't matter if i am a son if i am a prophet if i am his right hand left hand doesn't matter i'm willing to give up everything for the sake of this one glimpse in fact elisha was not even a a you know gang member of elijah like he was not even in the school of prophets he was a businessman he was in a completely different line of work when the mantle falls on him and this guy he chooses to give up everything he chooses to just sacrifice everything in order to honor the mantle that fell on his life and you know how his destiny changed because of that he became the successor to the greatest prophet in the nation in fact he did double the number of miracles that elijah did you know the prophets in the old testament didn't do as many miracles as Elijah and Elisha did these guys were people who knew how to open heavens who knew how to change seasons they knew how to change a famine to a feast Different like Elijah one day went and prophesied <laughs> yeah one prophecy and a whole famine turned into a feast the very next day there was a feast you know in that land that is the grace that these guys carried why why how did elisha reach that place where he could carry the mantle of his father in such a powerful and anointed way sacrifice he was willing to give up everything sacrifice 
he was willing to just you know die to his ambitions die to his dreams die to his wish list die to his uh, you know things to buy before i'm 30 things to accomplish before i'm 40 list all of those things he was willing to just say i don't care i just want to follow my father i just want to go wherever he goes i just want to wash his hands you know the description that was spoken about him later was here is the man who poured water when elijah wants to wash hands and and we want our lives to be changed but we want the success we want the blessing we want the greatness we want the light and the limelight yeah. and the focus yeah can we call it passing the test of loyalty absolutely and i i think that jesus demanded the same of his disciples you know when some of them wanted to follow jesus jesus said why are you following me foxes have holes you know birds have nests i don't have a place to even sleep for the night are you sure you want to follow me and i'm sure that there were other disciples who thought wow you know following the messiah is going to be the awesomest thing and they they thought they can enjoy this luxury and but when jesus demanded this it was a test of who is actually loyal to him i and I, who I, is I, actually I, loyal to the provisions and the blessings that he is bringing because i'm telling you pastor if i announce that everybody who submits to me is going to get a job is going to get married on time is if i just make a blessing like that every morning every make it making declarations like everybody would want to be my son everybody would want to you know submit to me but here is a jesus who is saying guys if you follow me are you sure you want to follow me because i don't have a place to keep my head you may also have to live like that and i'm just wondering how did these 12 really choose to follow i think at least a few of them you know if not all of them at least a few of them were married because peter had a mother in law which means he had a wife you know he he served jesus along with his wife after the resurrection but for the three and a half years he just followed jesus wherever he went they sold their businesses they sold their boats they gave up everything so that they can be loyal to the call of god upon their lives so that they can just you know follow the man not even a mission because they they had no clue about the mission till the resurrection they they still were thinking okay is it now that you're going to take over the kingdom like they still didn't understand the mission after the resurrection also you know so they were not even following a mission yet they had a res- revelation of sacrifice yet they followed the man so their loyalty was not to a mission mm. their loyalty was not to a blessing that they will receive i'm telling you you are going to be blessed there's no way you can be loyal and you will stay un, you know like in poverty or you you will stay in lack or you will stay in your limitation there's no way that you you have the spirit of loyalty and you're not elevated that's absolutely not possible look at david he was loyal even when his boss didn't want him in the employment you know even when the boss was hunting him even when the boss was hurting him he was still loyal he at one point it says that he went and worked for the philistines but he was not hurting the israelites he was actually raiding philistine cities 
but he would make sure that nobody knows he is actually raiding Philistine cities. Even when he was working for the enemy, he was actually loyal to Saul. He was actually loyal to Israel. And you know what happened? He got elevated. He got, you know, raised up. There's no way you're a loyal son yeah. and a loyal daughter. Yeah. And you don't get elevated, that you don't get provided for, that you don't get blessed. For sure, your blessing will come. But there are going to be a season of testing. There are going to be seasons where your your the real motives and agendas of your heart is going to be be put to test to see are you really following the man or are you following the blessings that the man can bring you and in if you if you're able to sacrifice even in that season and saying i don't care what i get out of this is not what matters i'm willing to surrender i'm willing to submit i'm willing to uh, grow i'm willing to you know just study my man of god better i'm willing to just go after my man of god you know even when it doesn't look like i'm going to get out of this wow amen i'm telling you that your destiny is set the, the end, your end goal is set you you are definitely going to be a blessing mm. to your man of god you are going to be a blessing to the church you are going to be a blessing to your city and to your nation wow wow man of god you have you know loaded us with so much of information and this is only coming from the spirit of the lord and you know we uh honor you for this and you know we really want to uh, learn so much more from you and uh, you know talking about um you know the key that you gave us how we can grow and you know make sure that when we have passed the test of loyalty and how the reward season comes our way can you also help us by sharing that one thing that can be done by a person in order to protect their destiny and it's preserved mm-hmm. in the hands of the lord i think uh, the one person that i can think of as soon as you asked that question is judas who lost his destiny who who destroyed his destiny himself and i think that it all started with a wrong conversation with a wrong relationship with a wrong environment that he just enjoyed for a little too long for a wrong habit that he just loved you know habit of keeping some money aside for his own things which just one thing just costed him his entire destiny he didn't think this was so big that it is going to cost him his destiny in fact when jesus called the 12 jesus had already called them apostles which means it is not when they planted churches or when they went to different nations that they became apostles but judas was as much as an as much of an apostle as peter was as john was as james was he called them to be apostles the bible says in the book of mark he called the 12 apostles he gave them this title you are my apostles you are my sent ones you are apostles that was his destiny but he destroyed it because he began a text message with somebody that was not heading in the same direction that he was heading in and that text message led to more commitments that commitments led to you know bigger friendships bigger relationships it ultimately he had to sacrifice his 
relationship with Jesus for the sake of that text message conversation that he started and i i think that we have to guard our hearts against wrong friendships wrong people that can have influence and access in our lives we have to protect ourselves from becoming too familiar with the anointing that we are submitted to that's what judas did at one point he started correcting jesus you know he started telling jesus how come you're spending money for this how come you're allowing her to touch you how come so much questioning he yeah. i i think that the reason yeah. he did that is because he became too familiar with this jesus he thought he knows how to spend money better than jesus himself does that i am the treasurer i mm. i i am the i am the this right guy to explain where and how this money should go come on you you may be the treasurer but you you are still submitted to the person who brings treasury in you know you 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 have to you have to remember the anointing who brings the money yeah. to this ministry you have to remember who is the man or the anointing who is the carrier of this stream you have to remember that i think we are we are going in a very different direction apostle because <laughs> you know boards have ruined so many destinies wherein a man of god who was anointed by the lord to carry a vision when he appointed some people in his board and especially treasurers the devil entered the minds of the board members and now they want to control the man of god who is the actual visionary and that has broken so many churches and destroyed so many callings yeah. wow and and I, i think that you know if we study the life of judas we will really see that it is um it is very symbolic of a lot of things that we do here on in our churches in the way that we try to keep everything in control and the way that we try to tell our man of god that he is not right the way that we try to you know give information we think that we are informing jesus that this is very costly yeah. this yeah. anointing oil is Come like on. one years worth which doesn't jesus know and 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 i just wish that we would just yeah. take it as a warning that we would learn from judas's mistake and we would avoid that in our churches in our relationships with our men of god yeah you know apostle please allow me to say this that this is i've noticed in in few years of ministry that people are humble when they are not given any opportunity or responsibility but something happens when you tell them now you are a leader or i give you this or now you're heading this something happens some kind of spirit enters and then 6 months one year down the line they they want to dictate they want to tell the pastor how it has to be done how can our people protect themselves from such a mistake that when they are given something extra they need to be more humble because a tree which has no fruit stands straight but the tree that has more fruit actually the branches of the tree are now bowing down they are hanging because of the weight of the fruit you know so help our people apostle how they can protect themselves from making this mistake i th- i think you're right in saying that you know the tree that has more fruit it it stands more humble it bends itself 
I think that's what Jesus taught us, right? He who wants to be the first, let him become the last. Let him serve everybody. Let him actually humble himself. You know, just know who you are. Just because you serve, you don't become a servant. Just because you humble yourself doesn't make you any less of a son, any less of a authoritative figure. So when we have authority, when we have responsibilities, all of a sudden we think that now I have to, yeah, now I have to act like it. Now I have to act like I have authority. But Jesus on the other side in John chapter 13 and verse 3, it says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose up from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist and he poured water and he began to wash. What, what, what made Jesus serve? It, it doesn't say Jesus, Jesus knowing that the Father had given him all things, he now started showing it off. No, he didn't, he didn't start telling people, hey, you have no idea if I can just call down angels and you know, let me show off a little bit of my power. He didn't do that. It says, because Jesus knew the Father had given him all things, because he knew the responsibility, the authority the Father had given him, because Jesus knew his identity, because Jesus knew his place in the Father's house, what he did is, he's like, okay, let me take my robe off. Let me tie a towel around my hand. Let me go below the twelve who are actually my disciples. Let me go under them and let me begin to wash their dirty feet. And if you are successful in serving, even in your place of responsibility, if you're successful in, in proverbial terms, you know, physically anybody can wash feet, you know, especially when there are cameras that are zoomed in on you yeah. and, in the, in the, and, and people are taking pictures of mm. it. Anybody can wash feet. But, but can you actually humble yourself and wash the feet of your people that are under you that don't have the same authority, that don't have the same revelation, that don't have the same you know, understanding, they don't have the same qualification. Can you humble yourself and wash their feet? If you can do that, then your, your heart will be well protected. Then, then you're ready for your elevation. It says Jesus knew who he was. He knew what he had. He knew where he had come from and he knew where he was going. So he had absolutely no wow. problem in serving. So when you are secure of your tomorrow, you're okay to serve in your present. Those who are very insecure yeah. about what's going to come yeah. tomorrow or what they're going to get tomorrow. So they keep, they start fighting in the present. And that's where division comes and pride comes in and, and jealousy and competition among brothers. Yeah. And yeah. that corrupts the church culture. Yeah. yeah. But this is so profound. And also, Apostle, you know, when you were talking about Judas, I, yeah. I was listening yeah. to you. And it was opening a window in spirit for me. It was so spirit-led what you were sharing. And while listening to you, my spirit was, you know, kind of asking this question to the Lord that, Lord, you knew his limitations. You knew that he is a guy 
who is not fit mm. to be a treasurer i mean come on jesus you you made him an apostle you would have asked him to preach yeah. why do give responsibility to somebody mm. you know that this is his weakness mm. is it ignorance is it compromise or is it that sometimes god gives us an opportunity to deal with you know what we battle with or we are battling with so it was like an opportunity given by the lord to him to now don't repeat his past mistakes now to be faithful in his finances yeah so is it true apostle that yeah. sometimes god gives us or hands over certain yeah. things to us not because we deserve it not because we have done it successfully or we have you know proved to the lord that we are fit for it but it is because now we have an opportunity to show it to him that lord mm-hmm. this time with your help i have i'm doing it the right way absolutely absolutely you you you've just nailed it on spot because if we think of it in logical terms it doesn't make any sense that god would allow this guy to preach honest be on in the name of his son jesus he would allow him to lay hands on the sick he would allow him to pray for people and and the fact is when he prayed for people they got healed the fact is that he preached the gospel you know along with the others he went and did everything that everybody else did and god allowed him to do all of those things but parallelly god was trying to teach him how to handle money you know jesus i think one of the reasons jesus taught so much about money is because he had a judas in his team <laughs> i think he was actually trying to teach judas that's why he kept saying you know be careful of what and where you store your treasures because wherever your treasure is there your heart will also go wow. he's constantly trying to explain mm. it to his disciples including specifically judas he was hoping that judas will get the message from you know whatever jesus was teaching him but you know god has the mm. habit of trusting ah, yeah, people yeah, 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 yeah. that he knows are going to fail him he has the habit because he 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 wants to make sure mm. that they have all the provisions that are needed that that are required for them to repent and turn back to him so that when they go to heaven they wouldn't turn to god and say i i didn't have what it took to you know do this job right i'm just thinking of solomon god knew this guy is going to mess up and still gave him the most amount of wisdom on the planet earth before him after him other than jesus there was nobody who was wiser than this guy you know and wow. god just gave him the whole world's wisdom mm. and god knew that this guy is going to mess up and still god gave him wisdom still god trusted him with wealth still god trusted him with influence peace on all sides solomon was the first guy who had the entire promised land in his hands even david no enemies even david had battles to fight but solomon was the first guy who actually lived in the promise that god showed to moses no one else joshua didn't none of the judges did saul didn't david did solomon was the first and actually the last guy because after him every king faced battles he was the only guy in the wow. bible who ruled 
over the promised land and the only other time it is ever going to happen is when Jesus comes in sits in Jerusalem and will rule in peace so can you imagine this guy who who has the privilege of who, who tasted what the kingdom what the coming kingdom of Jesus is going to be like and still messed up god gave him that honor that privilege and yet and yet he messed up so yeah. we can never turn back to god and say god you didn't give me enough chances you didn't give me another opportunity every time god shows mercy on you every time god mm-hmm. gives you another talent another honor another opportunity god is trying to tell you hey you know what you can do better this time you you can you can have a different response this time every morning his mercies are new right which means this morning when i wake Amen. up there is a fresh portion of mercy that is given to me so that i i can bring course correction in my life not so that i can just take it for granted and relax and continue to live as i wanted to but so that that mercy will bring course correction and that mercy will bring help and wholeness and 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 protect me from the chaos that i was going into the the destiny that i was supposed to destroy i will be able to redeem because of that mercy because of being a object because of a receiver of that mercy wow thank you so much apostle for this i would call it gold biscuits you know you've handed over so much to us i pray that we'll be faithful to what we have heard today and you know we won't just take it lightly and maybe revisit this podcast and make notes out of it and you know because you've given us so much today and touched so many realms and areas of the church culture and personal life and you know homes i mean this is carrying so much of grace i think everything that we've learned we've learned from our father because yeah. he has exemplified yeah. this for us yes he has yes. taught us for sure he is he is he has opened up so many realms for us but yeah. he has lived it yeah. for us you know yeah. that we don't just talk of what we have heard we talk of what we have seen amen we amen. teach what we have ha- seen as an example in front of us yes. we've seen how our father lives we've seen how he prays mm. we've seen the humility with yes. which he serves and we've seen the grace yeah. with which he leads and we've seen the authority that he manifests amen when he yes. is in we his do. assignment and i think that you know we have a great example yes. to follow and yeah. and we honor the the mm. mantle mm. we honor the yeah. grace we honor the covering yeah and it is because of that that we we have access to uh, to talk and to share and those of uh, you know those who are listening to us from different nations and maybe you are new to this channel uh we would like to tell you that we are part of a ministry called revive nations um, which is led by prophet shaiju matthew uh, uh, a voice a prophetic voice in these times in these end times a lover of jesus and he's a spiritual father to many in in many nations so you can search um on youtube his channel is revive nations and shaiju matthew can follow him and and eat the bread that comes from that table uh, my last question uh, on this um episode to our dear apostle is i want to i want to hear from you apostle i want to know your heart 
about this generation what do you feel about this generation and you know the times that we are living in what is your heartbeat for the current church and how do you look at the kingdom in this time and you know what do you feel and, and what is your spirit perceiving about this season and this generation particularly i'm sure that every man of god every woman of god that are truly sent by the lord that are truly used by the lord they have their own unique message that the lord gives them i think the the message that the lord has given me to preach is how he wants us to be faithful in little things this generation celebrates big things you know this generation runs after the 10000 followers or the yeah. you know 10000 views or the 10000 dollars or whatever it is that we we run after come on but god is looking for people who are going to be faithful with their five loaves and two fishes god is looking for people who are going to be faithful even if they have just one talent in their pocket they're just given one talent not five not two but just one will you choose to barter with this one and make it two will you be faithful with that one talent instead of mm-hmm. sitting and comparing it with 2 and 5 will you just be faithful with that one talent you know this is this is something that i'm very very passionate about teaching this is something that the lord has kept putting on my heart every time i sit with my leaders my pastors i keep asking them what have you done with what mm. you already have the little that has been entrusted to you what have you done with that please don't tell me what you're praying for please don't tell me your big dreams and ambitions tell me what you have done with what god has already given you everybody has something or the other each of us we have yeah. that one talent or that little oil yeah. or that little you know group of small group of people yeah. Yeah. we we all have that influence we'll have at least have five followers on twitter that we can tweet to you know if nothing else there are some people that are waiting to just hear you every morning when you walk out of your house there's something on the other where god has given you influence something on the other it could be resources it could be people it could be following whatever it is what have you done with the little that is entrusted into your hands have you been faithful with the little and if you've been faithful in the little then my god he's planning to entrust you with big things he's planning to give you greater blessings greater revelations greater resources wow but it is all going to be based on how you're faithful with the little that are entrusted into your hands my greatest problem with our current generation is that we are so constantly pursuing mm. after the big things after the big blessings after the big big breakthroughs that we are not stewarding the little that god has already given us that we are not faithful in the little money that we have we are we are praying for a million dollar income so that i can give the million dollar to the lord but you have 100 dollars have you given that 100 dollars yet you know come on show me your ability to give that 100 dollars to god before you are praying that you will give 1 million dollars to god you know faithful in little things you know we are so ambitious about this great things that we want to do for god we want to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel you know this this morning i was uh, in the gym and the lord convicted me of how 
I, I'm not interested. There was somebody who was picking up a conversation, and 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 I was just in a hurry to you know get to the next thing because I had something in mind for the day. And the Lord just convicted me. You're like that Levite and that priest that saw the man wounded, and you left him and you walked away because you had a meeting to attend. And I was like so heartbroken because. If you invite me to Africa, I would take a flight, catch a flight, go all the way, block my dates. But here is somebody in my backyard who is longing for attention, who is longing for help, and here I am saying I'm too busy for this right now. I'm I'm too caught up. And the Lord had to convict me. God had to speak to me about how I need to be faithful in my little things that are entrusted to me. Than just when I'm before camera, than just when I'm standing before hundred people, that there might be these little opportunities which may not even look like, uh, you know, an evangelistic meeting, but I know that there is a seed that I had to sow there that I missed out on, and I, and I pray that we will just become Amen. extra sensitive about how we can steward the little that has been entrusted to us. Jesus asked the disciples, "What do you have?" And they said, "We have only five loaves and two fish." They said, "Okay, bring them to me. Let me bless them. Let me break this five loaves and two fish, and then let me give it back to you." And I'm telling you, this little that you have, it can feed a generation. This little that you have, it can bless a nation. This little that you have. that you think is not important enough it's not powerful enough it is not good enough it has the capacity to raise warriors that are yes. going to resound for generations to come but you need to begin to value your little you need to begin to be faithful in your little and the lord will raise you up in his right time wow so beautiful wow thank you thank you apostle for being a prophetic voice over this generation and i personally believe that the hand of the lord is upon you and you are a masterpiece you know and we value you we we honor you man of god and the way you serve the vision of our spiritual father and you know the way you've been such an encouragement to all of us and personally me so thankful i can go on with this conversation for hours and hours but um you know we just want to thank god for this glorious time we had thank you pastor for having me i consider it an absolute privilege be to be on this podcast and to just enjoy you know talking with you and i think that more than our listeners this conversation was more for the both of us and yeah. we just we just <laughs> allowing our people to also just tune into so our true. conversation and and i I, th- i think that i enjoyed this conversation as much as you know our listeners did or would do and would be blessed by thank you for having me here and and thank you for pursuing and desiring the right things for the body of christ we would want people to be more blessed by you so if you can take this moment to tell our listeners you know how they can connect to you uh you know you have a podcast channel you have multiple uh, channels uh, for podcasting yeah. and you have a youtube channel you have, you are on different social media platforms please apostle uh, if you can share some details about that my my website is apostleprigi.com you can get all my resources there 
but this is one uh, resource that i'd like to highlight it is a podcast called church talk you can find it on spotify on apple podcasts on google podcasts we also put up the youtube videos on our youtube channel now um this is a podcast that i specifically do for pastors and leaders and those that are pioneering ministries you know i just highlight this podcast because we were speaking about the church and church is my passion anybody talks about the church i can i can just sit and enjoy that conversation for hours uh, i'm i'm really passionate about building and developing church leaders and planting churches and pioneering moves of god so uh, if you are interested to learn more about church planting church leadership you're welcome to connect on church talk podcast it goes up uh, once in 3 weeks a new episode is published there and so you're welcome to connect with us there wow wow and you are on instagram and facebook as well yes, yes, um, yes, and your yes. page name is apostle priji thank you so yeah awesome awesome uh would you like to pray for our listeners uh, when we are just concluding this episode absolutely thank you absolutely Father we thank you for your sweet presence that was ministering to us so many of us you've ministered to us in uh, our own unique ways according to our need according to our area of uh, hurt and our area of failure and weakness and struggle your sweet presence was helping us in different ways we thank you lord for those that are really hurt by the church in the past who are receiving a healing in their hearts tonight this afternoon or morning whenever they're listening to this lord there is a healing that is that is taking over that sister that is driving that brother that is walking that that ch- child that son that is that is in tears because he is remembering certain things that has been done to him by his spiritual parents lord i pray for your grace and your mercy to overwhelm your children wherever they are and to embrace them and to cover them lord to to take over their lives lord where our hard work and our efforts cease your your grace it comes to rescue us your grace it comes to help us your grace it comes to carry us out to bring us out of oh god so right now we release the grace of the lord upon mm. your people wherever yeah. they are lord let there be healing let the heart yes. of the fathers be turned to the sons and let the heart mm. of the sons be turned to the fathers mm. lord let there be healing in yes. marriages let there be healing in homes let there be a renewed vision for the presence of god for the plan of god for the purposes of god in every house that this audio is going to lord let there be restructuring and realignment in leadership and those that are trying to redevelop their church pastoral call and leadership lord let there be realignment and restructuring mm-hmm. of how we will do church and i pray above all that those that are feeling often will have a revelation yes, of who their amen. father is here on amen. the earth who they are amen. meant to follow who they are meant to submit to they will have a revelation and they will have an understanding lord here yeah. 
we thank you lord for what you're doing what you've started tonight what you started we bless the listeners of this podcast wherever they are i yes, pray father. that they will never lack good food on this podcast yes. they will never Amen. lack solutions because they are tuning in here they would never lack answers to their questions to their challenges because they are listening to a voice that is coming from a very high place we yes. bless them lord and we bless their commitment and the seeds that they sow into this ministry the the work that they do to honor this man of god to honor the woman of god we we bless them lord let everybody that honors and serves and blesses this man and woman of god let them be blessed oh god let them be multiplied let them go into their next level of the next season of the next uh, experience the next dimension of enjoying and manifesting yes. this god amen we thank you holy spirit in jesus mighty name we pray amen amen, amen. 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 wow thank you apostle thank you so much for your time may the lord bless you and your family your children your ministry you are so special to us thank you so very much and thank you everyone for joining today and uh, we're going to see you next week uh, until then stay under the mighty hands of the lord you are so blessed shalom thank you for tuning in today we believe you have been blessed and your lives will never be the same after receiving this powerful word stay tuned for more shalom